We're recording here on NFL Draft Night from the Recovery Sports Grill in East Greenbush. This is the State of the Empire. Talking about the upcoming Albany Empire season, and we are looking forward to it. As of the time that the radio listeners are hearing this, the opener is coming up later on tonight, 7 p.m., Albany and Columbus. Brand new franchise, the Columbus Destroyers, taking on year two season opener for the Albany Empire. Our guest, Les Moss, joining us on the program here on the State of the Empire. Faithful assistant to the head coach, Rob Keefe, and a, a key part of this team in every single way, both building the roster and calling the plays on the offensive side of the football. Coach Moss, thank you so much for, for joining us. Great to be here, AJ. Thanks a lot, man. What was it like this offseason when you and Coach Keefe were putting together this roster? And I'm wondering from this angle, like last year, it was a brand new team in a new environment, and nobody knew quite to what to expect. This time around, it became clear last year how special Albany was as a market. So did that help you recruit players and bring players into the fold with all, everybody knowing what type of place this is to play? Well, it certainly helps that uh, the support that we had uh, from from the fans and the sponsors and, and the community, I mean, the, they really made the the players feel welcome, uh, like like home. And uh, several players stayed up here in the off season. So yes, the veteran players who have been in this league and been in various places, this is a, a very appealing place for them to, to uh, play. So from the veteran player. Uh, Absolutely. It, it did help us, you know, acquire some really, really good players. Assistant head coach and general manager of the Albany Empire, Les Moss, with us. What were some of your goals in terms of improving the team in the offseason? Last year was a great season, 8-4, and four, first place in the regular season. Came up a bit, a bit short in the postseason. Uh, but when you took a look at the roster, what you were aiming to do this offseason, obviously – everybody's kind of starting from a blank slate because it's all one-year contracts, but I'm sure you had an idea of certain guys you were confident that were coming back. So what were some of your roster and team improvement goals when you were putting together the team this offseason? Well, we went through our evaluation process and, and, and what we did good and what we did bad. And, and You always go through that. Even when you win your last game, you have to look at ways to improve because you, don't, you either get better or you get worse. You don't stay the same. Uh, we realized that we had... Uh, we had to fix some holes in some certain areas. Uh, we had to, you know, really kind of say goodbye to some guys that uh, that we're still very fond of. I mean, it's, it, you know, with professional football, it's a business. Um, there were opportunities presented to some guys, and, you know, I, for whatever reason, uh, you know, we just parted ways. But uh, we did a good job during the offseason of, of – identifying some young talent obviously with uh with the alliance league coming up or starting up uh we were able to go out there and uh and spend about two weeks training camp there and uh that got a lot of players active again that maybe have gotten cut from the nfl and didn't really know much about arena football so we really went out there and evaluated every single player on those rosters and uh you know, make contact with all those teams. It was a, it was really a good experience for our staff. It was our whole staff. Uh, Coach Ewart and I have known each other for a very long time, but we'd never worked together. And and Coach Keith hadn't been around Coach Ewart very long, so that was a good bonding session for us. We all got on the same page. We were able to look at those players and then, you know, go 
go through and, and get some young talent in here to go with the great veterans that we have. And in the AFL, you only have two weeks of training camp, 14 days. You really only have about uh, 11, 10 or 11 practices. So it's a quick process. So we had a great camp. And, uh, you know, we did get some good young players. And uh, that was our goal. And the way that we know that is because our cuts were very, very tough. But when you have tough cuts because of talent, some, some guys, you know, this year we didn't have that. We, some guys will eliminate themselves because they just aren't the right fit for the team, whether it's personality-wise or, you know, their, their play style just doesn't fit in what we want to do. That was not the case this year, and, uh, and the players all bought into what we were doing. Uh, they identify well with our process, and that's, that's a big part of it. You know, it's not, it's not always going out and just getting the best talent and the most talented guys. You've got to pick the right guys for the team, and, uh, and we're fortunate. We're lucky. We, uh, we got some good young players to mix in with uh, some you know, great arena football veterans that have done great things. And then we got a good core of returning guys that did great things for us last year. So uh, that's a good mix. Um, the competition was great. You know, when you bring in good young competition, it makes those veterans, they can't just take it easy. They, they see it. And, uh, you know, I think we brought in, I, I don't know the exact number, Coach Keith could rattle it off, but 17 rookies, I believe, and, uh, and, and several of them made this roster, and that's, that's not easy for them to do. So we're, uh, we're, we need to play a game. We're ready to go. <laughs> Uh, we need to play. We need to see exactly what we have. It's it's tough without exhibition games, but we're, we're excited for sure. Well, that game is coming up uh, Saturday, 7 p.m., and there's a lot going on surrounding the game as well with $1 hot dog night. I, I've been saying $1 hot dog night, basically free hot dogs. Okay, let's, let's, let's be realistic here. It's basically free at, at $1. I mean, you can just eat as many hot dogs as you want. Uh, tickets are still available. So keep that in mind. So, you know, the seats are going to be pretty packed, but there are still some remaining seats available. So be a part of the electric environment. They did reach the sellout last year in the opener, trying to inch towards that mark. And still some final seats available this year. And, of course, got the block party, which starts at 4 p.m. And the epic celebration of a new Empire season before the game in the Times Union Center against the Columbus Destroyers. Coach Moss, you talked about the team building, the training camp, the competitiveness. I have a couple of uh, position-specific questions for you there. You know, not to, and it's impossible to touch on everything with this team, so if you don't mind, I'm going to kind of pinpoint a few just that, of personal interest. One area is the receiver position. thought last year that position became very much, uh, as far as the production was concerned, over the course of the season, it became a lot about Malachi Jones and Joe Hills. Joe Hills is not here anymore. He's in Baltimore. And, and uh, I'm wondering if you think the love may be spread around a little bit more this year. Obviously, Malachi is back and primed to be the number one receiver, but there seems to be a lot of depth at that position coming into the season. So how difficult was it to pick who was going to make the team there? And do you think that the complexion of that could be a little bit different this year than last year in terms of maybe spreading the ball around to different guys at different times well i don't have to make the decision of where that ball goes we got a big guy that's underneath the center tommy grady who's uh, the league mvp and he gets to make those decisions when the ball is snapped but um, we do have a very talented receiving core uh, 
obviously Joe is gone, and, and those are big shoes. But, you know, I, I think that was a necessary thing for us to grow as a team. I really do. And we love Joe and wish him the best. But uh, we're going to be good. We're going to be fine without him. We really feel like our receiving core is better this year than it was last year as a whole. And I don't think there's any question about that. I mean, we're more explosive. We have more speed. But we haven't played a game yet. You know, if you remember last year, now Malachi only covered kicks in that first half of the first game. And then yep. he caught a hitch and took it 45 yards. And we kind of looked at each other like, yeah, maybe we should have played him in the first half. But uh, you know what? We live and learn. Every year is a new year, Okay. Malachi, let's talk about him for a second. Malachi was the rookie of the year, the wide receiver of the year, first rookie to ever do that. Led the league in several categories. You know, maybe somebody else had one thing, but he was unbelievable. And if he would have played that first half, he might have led everything and everything, but he just didn't do it. Then he went on to Chicago, and then he went on to the Alliance League. Since Malachi played his last game here, he's played in five different offenses. He was with Chicago, and then he went to the Alliance League, whose original head coach was Brad Childress. And then Brad Childress, right before training camp started, resigned. Michael Vick was his original offensive coordinator, and he resigned when Brad Childress resigned. And then they had three other guys resign. So, And he's played with a lot of different quarterbacks, and he's had a lot of different coaches. Now, that's not saying that Malachi is going to miss a step, but we still have to get him back to where he was. Every year when we start, we're starting from scratch. We, we can't just go out there and do what we were doing at the end of the season. It's a process. It is absolutely a process. First, it starts up front. We got to know that we have the protection so we can do what we want to do, go downtown and do those fun things and make the bombs go off and scoring from at will from different places like we were middle and the end of the season last year. But that was a process. And we have to get there. Quentin Sims, great addition, you know, uh, great addition. And he'll he'll have the same kind of numbers, uh, you know, as as Joe did, I believe. Uh, we got a young guy in Chris Briggs who has never been introduced to the arena game, and he's going to be unbelievable. He's got to learn the game. DJ Stevens has got great speed down the field. He's got. Great suddenness and quickness, change of direction. He's, we know, we like that, you know. Um, and then we got some young guys too. AJ Coney's uh, uh, a very talented guy along the same lines, but a little younger that led Akron in receiving. Uh, Troy Grant is on IR right now. He got hurt there at, at a inopportune time in training camp, so he's got to get well. And uh, you know, obviously, Colin Taylor. I mean, Colin Taylor. We call him Picasso because he just he doesn't do anything wrong. So we got to find a way to get him all playing and and take advantage of their strengths. And uh, you know we, we don't try to fit a, a round peg in a square hole. They all have different strengths, different body types, different you know whatever. So we'll figure it out. But we got to play a game to really find out who the shot callers are. Fair enough. And that's that's a deep wide receiver position. You went through it right there. So we have other positions to talk about. Uh, we run out of time here in the opening segment, but I want to move on and, and, and get to some of those other positional questions and break that down in the upcoming conversations. We're also going to talk about Coach Moss's really interesting background uh, within the game of football and arena football and then specific comments to the matchup coming up 
against Columbus. This is the State of the Empire on 104.5 at Zine ESPN Radio. Looking for a new Chevy car or truck? Look no further than the Denoyer Chevrolet, located conveniently at 127 Wolf Road. Denoyer provides the best service and selection at Chevrolets in the Capital District. Pay a visit to their showroom or find them online at DenoyerChevrolet.com. State of the Empire also brought to you by HealthFlex. Looking to return to play after being injured? Interested in a healthier lifestyle or playing at the next level? HealthFlex, the exclusive and official athletic trainer provider of the Albany Empire, is your answer for all that and more. For more information, visit online healthplexfitness.com or call 518-383-0225. Les Moss joining us, uh, the assistant head coach and general manager of the Albany Empire. Fair to say offensive coordinator. Would Is, is that fair-ish? Sure. I mean, you're, you're out there calling the plays, right? Well, it's a collaboration, and it's a collaboration within the room. It's uh, yeah. I mean, our our, our court our, – our quarterback wide receiver room is great, and we yeah. have a lot of great veterans that uh, have been expo- exposed to different things, and a lot of the things that I kind of came up with, so came up through. So, uh, you know, we collaborate. Tommy, if Tommy has a good feeling about something, he, he runs with it. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to – Tommy's an eight-year veteran. It would be crazy for me to – try to force him to do anything you know he knows what he likes to do and what makes him successful that's why he's been the league mvp a few times we mentioned uh the new line coach this year dave ewart and, and he has got some great players that he's been able to he's going to be able to coach this year and he has been coaching so far in camp and that you know he obviously focusing on both sides of the ball i did want to look offensively again um another area of interest for me is is the offensive line after how great of a season they all had last year we had two first-team All-Arena players, and there are only three linemen that start. And, and so there was Hayworth Hicks and Ryan Cave, and Hicks won Offensive Lineman of the Year. And then the third starting offensive lineman down the stretch of last season, Mo Ruffins, the tight end, I thought he performed at a very high level. He just wasn't there the whole year, so he wasn't up for those awards. And then this year, adding Jordan Mudge, who is a former All-Arena player and Arena Bowl uh, champion last year with Washington. He was the 2016 AFL O-Lineman of the Year with Arizona, adding Mudge to that room. Also seems like a very deep group on the offensive line, Coach Moss. Those guys have done some great things, you know, in the past. Obviously, uh, I agree 100% with uh, Hayward Hicks getting the uh, offensive lineman of the year. That was a very well-deserved, no doubt about it. And he graded out for us better than any offensive line. Ryan Cave. Last last year did unbelievable playing center. We didn't know what was going to happen, how that was going to shake out. And Ryan came in and took on a leadership role and uh, had his best season as an arena football player without a doubt. Mo Ruffins had been with me um, in the past and had been a first-team all-league guy, so when he became available, we were able to scoop him up. The big addition for us last year, I mean, when you talk about the offensive line, you have to talk about the fullback position. And uh, because that is a, we're fortunate because we have a guy that can run the football effectively. He's also great out of the backfield. And when we were able to get him 
when he was released by, from Baltimore last year. We snatched him up, and that really kind of changed the d- dynamic of our offense. You know, we, we got Michael o- Benson. Talking yeah, about. Michael yep. Benson, absolutely. And he's a, another former all-league guy. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that helps. And then when you can add a guy like Jordan Mudge, get those guys to come in together. You know, there's three linemen, only three linemen play. And there's a lot of pride in that room because they're all great players. You know, some of them, Jordan Mudd's been a, uh, you know, he was lineman of the year and he played center. But he can play any of the other two positions equally as well. You know, Ryan Cave was the first team all-league center. So, you know, that was a heck of a competition. And But the thing about it is that competition continues because those guys want to play. They came here to win a championship, but they want to be on the field. So they're competing every day, and all that does is make us a stronger team as a whole. So we're looking forward to watching them perform on Saturday night, and hopefully we're going to continue to be able to take five-step drops and score 12 touchdowns in 24 plays. That's pretty special when you can do that. On the defensive side of the ball, Coach, what do you make of probably the most overhauled position on the team uh, besides, obviously, there's only one kicker, and he has changed, but... The secondary looks completely new this year, and it's been very competitive against that great wide receiving group in practice. So what's your take on that group? I've been around this league a long time, and and I've had, because I was in the league at the beginning when the league started, I've, I've, I've been able to go into a, a training camp with mostly rookie DBs, it's been well over 10 years since I've seen a, a group of rookie secondary players come into this league and do the things that those guys have done in a short period of time on the practice field. And because we know what kind of receiving core we have. And even when, you know, we didn't have Malachi for almost all of training camp. And even when Malachi got here, these guys are good. They really are good. I mean, they're, they are the future of this league. And, you know, I, I mean, they're good and they're young, so they may not be here. You know, after this season, they're good enough to move on. And, uh, you know, the, some of them got cut out of the Alliance League. One of them went to a trial camp in Philly. And they I guess they didn't like them. Well, good for them. We, uh, you know, we, we picked up a lot of these guys down in Florida. We had a private workout down there. And, and Florida is a hotbed for talent. And, you know, we live there. Coach Keefe and I live there. Coach Ewart lives there. So we said, you know what? We talked to uh, to George and, and to Jaws, and they said, yeah, you guys go ahead if you want to get get a couple guys together. They wasn't very big. It was only 25. Out of those 25, 11 of those players that were at that workout, 11 of 25, we signed the contracts. So, and a lot of them are still here right now. So that was a little bit of a... You know, we, we struck oil or, or struck gold or whatever. They're good guys. Those That group is a very tight-knit group. They're, they came in together. They're learning the game together. They're, they had success in training camp together. They're growing together. They're getting confident together, and that's what it takes. That's what it takes in the secondary. That's just that group has to – they have to get to where they're kind of uh, – uh, telepathic in their communication it really is where where it's just a look where they don't have to and they're and they're getting there and it, it is impressive and i cannot wait to watch those guys play 
I, I want I want to watch every single snap if I can because they're gonna they're gonna do some great things. I really believe that, especially with our defensive line. Coach Moss, so you referenced it there at the beginning of that response. You know, you and your father Perry Moss, you were here coaching arena football. You were around at the outset of the league, basically. Uh, and so what is it, my, my question has been, I mean, there's any number of ways we can go off of that topic, but just my question really is, even with like the latest rule changes going into this year, you know, whether it be that or just the variety of ways that the game has changed over the years, what has it been like seeing a game that you helped really start? What has it been like seeing this league and the sport evolve over the years? Well, it has been an evolution. It's been a roller coaster. It's been up. It's been down. It's been back up. It's gone really high. It's gone almost to extinction. And now I think the future is looking unbelievable for this league. I think the ownership, uh, you know, not only uh, Trifecta but Monumental, they have, I think they have great dedication and a great vision of what they want to do. You know, as coaches, we don't have a lot of control over that. And uh, and we just have to, you know, roll with the punches on what their vision is. Obviously, this is a lot different era and, and everything, communications and media. You know, back in 1980, I wasn't in it in 87. You know, my father is one of the true founders of this league. It was him and Markham and Mouse Davis. Jim Foster is the... Held the patent and thought it up, and then he put those guys together, Mouse Davis, uh, Tim Markham, and my father, Perry Moss, to put the rules together. They got a group of guys out there up in Wheaton, Illinois, and, you know, the rest is history. But, uh, you know, it was a two-way game. That was kind of the way it was, Iron Man, and uh, it has evolved. It's been a lot of fun, you know. They make rule changes. They, they've got a couple of rule changes this year on the timing aspects of the game, and we will see how what that does. We don't know until we actually play a game exactly what's going to happen. It's just like when they went from a two-way game to single platoon football where you didn't have to play both offense and defense. That changed the dynamic of the game because then you had true offensive linemen blocking defensive linemen and three true receivers with high motion running down the field on defensive backs and that we had a, a, a point explosion or you know I mean the points just skyrocketed which is what we anticipated as coaches we'll see what happens with these new timing rules anytime there's going to be a ripple effect and we'll see and and but it's exciting it's new it's fresh for us it it keeps us on our toes because we're not doing the same old thing. Our strategy, strategies change. You know, we used to have the one-minute timing rules and those kinds of things that I know the, you know, the casual fan may not understand why we're doing the things we do as far as onside kicks and stuff. You know, this world is a fast-paced world now with social media and the way that things are changing and, and the young people that are growing up are used to multitasking and all the things that it's amazing. It's incredible. You know, I, I, I think about what my dad thought when cell phones were, you know, I mean, it's just, it's mind-blowing. So I think what their vision is going to fit in exactly with what they want to do, and I'm just glad that I can be a, still be a part of this great league. We're glad to have you. I mean, the games are going to be lower scoring because they're, they're, you're not going to have stop time to slow down the games 
except for the final 30 seconds now, as opposed to what it was uh, in previous years, the final minute of each half. But it's going to be a faster-paced game. So don't get confused by maybe slightly lower totals this year. As Coach Moss alluded to, it's going to be a faster-paced game this year. State of the Empire brought to you by IBEW Local 236. Are you an experienced electrical worker or looking to kickstart your apprenticeship? With over 1,600 members in the Albany area, IBEW Local 236 is the leading electrical workers union in the Capital District. To join today, visit IBEW Local 236 at their headquarters at 3000 Troy Schenectady Road in Schenectady or visit online at IBEWLocal236.org. That's IBEW236.org. Empire and Destroyers coming up at 7 p.m. on Saturday night in the season opener. This is the State of the Empire on 104.5 The Team ESPN Radio. With over 12,000 employees in more than 170 locations, St. Peter's Health Partners is the Capital Region's largest and most comprehensive not-for-profit integrated health network, which provides high-quality and sophisticated care to thousands of people every day. Finally, State of the Empire also brought to you by UA Local 7 since their inception. UA Local 7 has taken an active role in the Albany area, providing the highest quality HVAC experience for all of their clients and customers. UA Local 7 provides unparalleled benefits and livable wage for all their members. To learn more on how you can join the best plumbers and steam fitters union in their area, visit UALocal7.org. Wrapping things up here on the State of the Empire show with Les Moss, the assistant head coach and general manager. Coach Moss, uh, I want to get your take on this matchup against the Columbus Destroyers and a a Matt Sock head coached team. What might you anticipate will will be some characteristics of a team that he is the head coach of? Well, Matt Matt's a good coach. He knows the game. He you know he was a player uh, in AF two, a, a great player in AF two as a quarterback. He also played in the Arena Football League. He's worked with Coach Keith in, in a couple of different uh, places, in Spokane and Utah and in Orlando. Uh, they won a championship together in 2010 in Spokane. So he knows the game. You know, he knows what he's doing. They have a very good roster, a good mix of, of veterans and rookies. Uh, they have a lot of familiar faces. They have, uh, you know, players that were played here. Varmasoni is, uh, is in the middle. And then they have Brandon Stevens who played here last year, uh, Larico, uh, Stevens, backside corner for Philly last year, uh, Nick Seifer, who obviously was here last year. Um, Derek, Derek Summers. Summers, yeah, Derek Summers will be their Mac. And then, you know, they have Kareem Smith, who's been a lot, you know, he's been the defensive lineman of the year, similar, you know, he's a great player. He's played for me in the past and, and Coach Keith. So we're familiar with, with what they do schematically, there's not a lot of differences in, in the arena football offensively and defensively. Not only from a line perspective, I mean it's it's a matchup game. It is. We, you know, the veteran the veteran players understand what they're going to see, uh, what's going to come at them, but we have to block them, and we have to get after their quarterback, and we have to run routes at the right depth and get after their defensive backs, and you know. They have familiarity with us also, obviously. So it's going to be a great matchup. We haven't played as a team. We haven't played a game as a team. That's very nerve-wracking for coaches. You know, we haven't we haven't gone full speed 
you know, we haven't tackled full speed. We haven't done those things. We we haven't covered. We don't we don't have enough players in training camp to be able. We don't have preseason games to do those things. So we're going to roll that thing out there and kick it off, and the ball's going to come off the net, and we're going to find out who can cover kicks and who is willing to put themselves in harm's way and collide with people and run into walls and do all those things that you have to do to be successful in arena football. All the things that make the game so entertaining for the fans. 7 p.m. tonight, the Columbus Destroyers at the Albany Empire. Year two for the Empire. Year one, game one for the Destroyers. Uh, And game one for their, what we think will be rookie starting quarterback in Grant Russell. So he's, he's a guy... He's an interesting story on their side. He's completely local. He went to high school 45 minutes away from Nationwide Arena. He went to college 10 minutes away from Nationwide Arena in a D2 school. And now he'll be playing at Nationwide Arena for the team that he grew up watching, the Columbus Destroyers, back when they used to exist the first time around, Grant Russell out of Ohio Dominican. Now, how do you prepare for a quarterback who has never played in the Arena Football League before? How do you get ready for that as a team? Well... We know Grant very well. I mean, as well as anybody could know him because he was at our tryout camp. We invited him to come to our tryout camp here in Albany. And he came up, drove up. He was a high school coach there. And they had their last game of the season on Thursday night. He drove up on Friday, was at our tryout camp on Saturday, and then also at our invite-only workout. And he was a guy that we identified as a very good player at that time. And we were talking to him throughout the offseason. And um, then when it looked like Columbus was going to get that team, you know, we were like, okay, well, we may get them, we may not. We kind of identified the guys that we have on our roster uh, right around that time that we were in San Antonio. And, uh, you know, Mason Espinosa, who is our backup to Tommy, is also from Columbus. And he's also from uh, an Ohio, small school Ohio, you know, Ohio player that was the MVP. He's got He was the MVP in the NAL last year. So he's got experience in a league that plays by the same rules as us. So we decided, you know what, we're going to go with this guy that did the same kind of things in college but has pro experience. And we just, you know, kind of moved on. We figured that somebody would give Grant a shot. Grant originally signed with Baltimore, which was a shock. I mean, I was like, wow, okay. And then they traded him. That was a good move by Baltimore. They were able to get a, a pick and all that stuff. That was surprising, but, but good. Yeah. But um, it's still new territory for a young quarterback. And every single one of it, I'm talking about the best, and I've been fortunate enough to, to, to have been around the best that have ever played. And we got one of them right here. But he had a first game, too. He was a rookie, too. And so was the great, you know, the Jay Grudens and the Aaron Garcia, you know, they were all rookies. Tommy and I were talking today, and he said, you know, my first couple games in arena football, I was a backup, and he was covering kicks. Can you imagine that? Tommy covering Tommy kicks? Tommy was covering kickoffs. I said, oh, my God. Good thing I wasn't coaching that other team. But, um, you know, you, there are growing pains in this game. Everything happens quickly. And uh, Grant's good. He is good. He, he demonstrated that in front of our eyes, and that's why we identified him there. He's in a good spot right now because he's getting thrown to the fire, and I hope I hope that that fire is going to be hot with Joe Sykes and, and Cissé and, 
and uh, and company coming around that corner. I mean, we, you know, with the addition of uh, uh, of the the guys that we got, the Jeremy Richardson, big addition. Oh yeah, and Fritzy. I mean, and and Aaron Tiller. They're not going to make life easy on a young quarterback. I can promise you that. And these DBs, I just, I can't wait to watch these guys go. I mean, I hope that, you know, I hope that they're able to do the things that we think that they're going to be able to do. It's going to be special. I know we can't wait to get in front of our crowd. That's for sure. My fun fact about, the, I'm sure you're well aware, about our two quarterbacks in the Empire, you, you mentioned Espinosa coming from the NAL when Grady was playing for, Jacksonville, and they went to the NAL. Of course, they were in the NAL championship game in 2017. So now our two quarterbacks, Grady the starter and Mason Espinosa the backup, they actually played against each other in the 2017 NAL championship game uh, in Espinosa taking a loss with his uh, Columbus Lions against Tommy Grady in that game, Coach Moss. So... There's some history. It all ties in together, whether it be Espinosa's connection to Columbus or uh, Grady and Espinosa, you know, thinking back to their NAL days. Obviously, Tommy's one of the greats to ever do it at the AFL level. We know that uh, the only reason really why he was playing in the NAL was because of circumstance with, uh, with Jacksonville moving down. Coach Moss, uh, we really appreciate your time on the State of the Empire. We're now going to get set to actually eat our food, which looks extremely appetizing here at the Recovery Sports Grill. And we are looking forward to an exciting season-opening game on Saturday night. Hey, Jay, I can't wait, man. It's just the time is ticking down, and I can't wait. And it's been a pleasure. Again, block party starts at $4 hot dogs during the game. As of the time you are listening to this, I've I think tickets are still available, still a remaining few, so you can still come on down and be a part of the festivities, the Empire and the Destroyers, at 7 p.m. in the Times Union Center in Albany. So, for assistant coach Les Moss, I'm A.J. Cannell. That'll do it for this week of the State of the Empire on 104.5 at ESPN Radio. Cut it away.